Happy New Year, everybody. Can't believe 2021 went so fast. Feels like that every single year, though. Um, 2022, I'm happy to us that you're spending it with us, and we hope that it's going to be a great year. I think it's going to be a great year, so you can hope all you want, and I will hope as well. But I can tell you right now, we're going to have a fantastic year, a whole year with us, with me, and this voice, and your ears. It's going to be beautiful, right? But today, and I hope you had a great New Year's Eve. It's it's gonna it's gonna be a, it's a great episode, and not only to hear a fresh episode like this one where you have a sports update, as well as uh, you know refreshing you on where each state, uh, where each sport is right now, so its current state. I would definitely just tell you that I'm I'm just ex- excited, you know, I'm very excited to get right into it, and also just uh, like I said, I'm still a little bit. In all that is uh, January 1st, you know, of 2021. So let me let me just let me just break this down for you. So today I'm going to just get into um, just your typical sports update. You know, there's not a whole lot with college football. I'm going to hold off until the championship game has been played. So a lot of great stuff happened yesterday. But I'm going to hold off because I I want to evaluate it uh, together with the championship game. Uh, So I'm going to hold off on that. Um, but I will get into you know like what you might what might have missed recently over the past few weeks possibly, but then also I'm going to really get into um, like where each sport is uh, in terms of you know like um, like things that you might have missed over the past year maybe the past few years or maybe you just didn't think about you know so when I say uh, it's current state that's really what I'm talking about like where baseball is right now or the fact that the players are not that loyal in NBA you know all that kind of stuff so uh, again great to be with you uh, I can't believe it's New Year's and again like I said I'm happy that I'm celebrating with you and you're celebrating with us so let's like uh, like I said let's start off this New Year right and let's get going so let's first thing here is I just wanted to touch a little bit on basketball. Um, and like I said, it's going to be quick, you know, like maybe tw- uh, 25 minutes of sports update, and then the rest is just getting into where each sport is right now. But I really felt feel like I have to give praise first within the NBA to these three teams, and that's Miami, uh, Memphis, and Cleveland. So Cleveland actually, um, they just said Rubio is out for the year, torn ACL. So that's going to be a big blow to them, but I do really think they're going to rebound because they they were they were just fine without Sexton. Um, and then you also have Oroko, who's their fifth overall pick in twenty twenty. If they develop Sexton, they develop Garland, and then Rubio was having a great season. They know how to develop their guards. And Isaac Oroko is a shooting guard, not a point guard, but still, I really do feel confident. That they would be just fine. Now, they, of course, they need to bring in some reinforcements. They need to get someone for the second unit. And they probably do, but probably are not confident in that person because he's probably like the third or fourth string. But still, I would definitely give Cleveland the benefit of the doubt that even without Rubio, they should be just fine. It will be a big blow only because, you know, Rubio is experienced if, in fact, they make the playoffs. But again, like I said, you have to give Cleveland's coaches a lot of great credit for Garland. Sexton and Rubio, the seasons that they that that they had and are having, if you're Garland. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to give credit to to Cleveland uh, first, uh, not just because talk about Rubio, but just the fact that you 
are going big, right? You have Lowry Marketing playing the three, basically. Evan Mobley playing the four. Jared Allen playing the five. And then Kevin Love coming off the bench. Those are really some big guys. And they're, and they're winning, you know? Like, as of, they do over the six games above 500. And that's, like, unbelievable to me. They're around the five seed. Better than the Sixers. Um, better than, you know, the Knicks and the Celtics, right? Right there with the Heat and the Bucks. Uh, I, I'm not going to call them and say that they're more talented than them or the Bulls or Brooklyn. But still, I want to give them a whole lot of credit for what they've been doing with a bigger lineup, not going small, and it's paying off for them. And I really do respect what uh, JB has been doing for, for that team, and he is definitely in consideration for Coach of the Year. And then I also want to give credit to Miami. The fact that they dealt with so many um, COVID situations, just like any other team, but then on top of that, injuries, right? Without Bam, without Jimmy, uh, I think they've been missing a little deep of the entire season. P.J. Tucker's in and out of the lineup. And then you have guys like Gabe Vincent, um, you uh, uh, Max Strats, I think his name is. Tyler Hero has been doing his thing. And I, I think even you have this uh, Yurt 7 guy at center. Even Demon has played some solid minutes. They've, as uh, that coach, Schultzer, um, Eric Spolstra, is, has been doing an amazing job uh, keeping them stable, keeping them afloat through, throughout this season amid some injuries and I and I really do love this team going forward in the playoffs. I, I would definitely say keep your eye out for this team. And they're right there in the four three seed, um, right up there with uh, Milwaukee. And then you also have Memphis. So again this has to do with injuries. The fact that John Morant missed a whole lot of time. Jones stepped on in. Tra- Tyus Jones, it's not Trey Jones. Trey Jones I think is with San Antonio. So you have Tyus and he just stepped in, you know, averaging six assists, seven assists a game. And Memphis was just clicking, you know. Jerry Jackson stepped up. Steven Adams has stepped up. Uh, Desmond Bain has been unbelievable, right? Also, Dylan Brooks, he's currently out right now. But he was playing some good ball, too. So, I really do like the piece that Memphis has. And I don't think they're going to go that far in the playoffs. But they are really setting themselves up for the future. They really are. They just need to get more at, like, a second key piece, right? Like, I'm not sure you could trust Brooks, Adams, and Bain, Jackson. It's a good five with Moran. Don't get me wrong, but you really do want a second guy, a second star to go to, and then you should be good. Like, uh, you could push someone down to be the sixth man, and that makes your bench even better. So I do definitely think Memphis shouldn't get too comfortable, um, if, even if they make it to the second or third round of the playoffs. And I'm not sure with, like, the seeding, you know, I'm not sure, like, uh, how the play-in exactly works, because I'm not a huge fan of it, and I just haven't really been paying that much attention to it, but definitely, I would say, keep your eye out on Memphis going forward, just to see, um, how far they go, if they are the four seed, they will make it to the second round, unless they face Denver, Denver's going to really be a tough out for the Lakers, uh, you hear LeBron's name, you hear, you know, Westbrook's name. And, they, and I just cannot believe that they are just bad this season. I do not trust them. Anthony Davis, I understand, is hurt. But they they just, I don't think Russ was the piece to get. I think Buddy would have been a better piece. And he's been doing great with the Kings. He always has been shooting that three ball. I, LeBron's having one of his better seasons. And I just hate that it's getting wasted. Right? I would hate to see that. He's going to make the playoffs. He always does. But I really don't think that he's going to go 
that far. I know it would depend on who he faces, of course, but do you really think that Lakers have a chance against uh, Utah, Phoenix, Golden State? You know, even they might have a chance against Utah. Actually, Utah doesn't tend to hold up well in the playoffs, but still, like I said, I I just I am not <laughs> I am not in on the Lakers, and LeBron is great for fantasy purposes and maybe even betting purposes. But then otherwise, I wouldn't trust the Lakers. They, I, I think Russ was just the, the piece that they should have not brought in. It's like another LeBron. You know, you have an assist rebounds. Um, he just does not shoot the three ball well. He's supposed to. He's not. Because LeBron is supposed to shoot some and then pass it to those that shoot some. Russ doesn't shoot that well. So I'm like, you brought in another LeBron. He could be a good second unit guy. But I'm like, he's he's talented. You know, he shouldn't be a second unit guy. Might be when he, in like three or four years, but not right now. So I, just, I, I really, it's not like I want the Lakers to win because they've won already with LeBron, but I do really like Russ. I do. Uh, and I also just want to see them not waste his talent, right? If they go to the conference, I'm like, okay, you know what? That's better than I expected. You're not wasting his talent, but I'm afraid that might happen. So then, speaking of the NBA, and I want to combine this with NHL. NFL's actually been doing a decent job um, with dealing with COVID. But in terms of the NBA and NHL, NHL just resumed its season on Tuesday. I give them a lot of props for pausing it. Like, that took guts, right? So I think it's paused still in Canada. I don't know the current, like, um, the situation on that because I haven't been keeping, like, the 24-7 update as I probably should. But when it comes to NHL, so they paused their season. They're like, okay, people are going to gather for the holidays, you know, and this, amid this outbreak, and they postpone a lot of games. And so their season might get pushed back a little bit, which might be better because you're going to, they're always competing with NBA during the playoffs. And, and if you push it back, by the time NBA is done, you still might have NHL. So that might be good that you might, that you might have a lot more people seeing the finals, um, the, the Stanley Cup, I should say, than the finals. But with the NBA... I I I I'm surprised they haven't paused it yet. They they postpone a few games. I'm not sure exactly how many, but they just keep using more and more players to get through. And I'm like, you have Isaiah Thomas, Joe Johnson's back in the league, Darren Collins is back in the league, uh, Stanley Johnson back in the league, and you just uh, you have a lot of guys through the hardship exemption, which basically is just you know to um to get a, a, enough people to play eight or nine people on a given night. And it's just like, that really does dilute the product a little bit. Especially when you had a team like the Pistons where you only have one guy in, in Dallolo just just carrying the team. You know, like Stewart's out, Trey Lyles is out, Kate Cunningham's out, um, Jermaine Grant's out with an injury. Like, who's this Pistons team? Like, that really dilutes the, the product and who, um, who, who they're playing. You know, like, this is just a gimme win. So... I know the Pistons, not that many people follow the Pistons, but seriously, they're playing with just bench players. I don't want to call them nobodies because they're not nobodies. They're really playing with bench warmers, okay? And that's not what you want to do. Dallow's a great player. He's been putting up some ridiculous stat lines. Like he's, I think he's averaging like two and a half, three of steals a game along with like seven rebounds and like 20-something points a night from the, over like the past four nights. But still, that guy is, like, really the only guy that I know of that that's currently playing for the Pistons. And it's just, if you play the Pistons, oh, that's a give me win. The NBA should not be like that. Or uh, when you have, um, 
the Hawks without Trey Young. I think they still at least have Capella. I'm not sure about John Collins, but without Trey Young, like ah, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, also the, without Kevin Herter, yeah, yeah. And now Julius Randle goes in to protocols, and and Timberwolves were 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 without Edwards Russell and Towns. Like who do they have left? You know, I know they have some people left, like McDaniel's, and I think they I think they brought back some center. Uh, I know they still have Nas Reed in there. Uh, Malik Beasley, I think he's uh, the, he didn't get in protocols, but still, you understand my point. Like the NBA should have paused this season. Just wait until you know it, it, it's just bad right now. You just keep getting more and more players. A lot of players have played. Saw that they broke the record for the amount of players used in a season, and it's not even it's what halfway of the season. So you still got plenty more players left to play. It's just a bad situation. It really is. And I just saw the refs earlier today that uh, more than a third of them are in protocols. So you had to bring up guy, uh, people, uh, refs from the G League. So that's bad. That's really bad. The NBA should pause the season, should follow the NHL. And I just I don't know why it hasn't. I just don't know why. So I, I give the NHL a whole lot of credit. And with the NBA, I'm just like, you, you're just buying out baseball, man. You're just, um, I don't want to say... Bu- Buying out is actually not the right word. You are just protecting baseball right now, and and you might say, well, what does that have to do with the other? Like it, the, the NBA uh, and the NHL outbreak. So the NHL has handled it well, like I said, but nonetheless, it was still an outbreak. With the NBA, it's an outbreak, and they're not handling it that well. And you hear about it a lot in the media. You don't think about baseball. So I already brought that up with with Carter actually. That um, the CBA, you know, still no update I have for you. And you don't think about that. You actually, most people are not paying attention and don't care about it right now, unless you're doing like fantasy baseball or something. You have to think about it. But other than that, you 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 hear nothing because all you think about is how the NBA, NHL, NFL is going about this outbreak. So I'm just I'm just like, baseball's really lucky. They're really really fortunate to have um, to not be playing right now, and then to have the NBA. Watching, you hear all these players. Oh, this guy's in protocol. Oh, this guy's got it. Like it, it seems like everyone's going to get it. It's just a matter of time. So let me get into NHL and uh, um, NFL. Excuse me. I don't have that much to say on NHL other than just watch out for the playoffs. I really do think that play playoff hockey is better than what most people expect. But we're not there yet. So with NFL, I want to say two things of uh, two. One is going to be a, a future Hall of Famer. And if and if you think that it's not, then it's borderline at the very least. But then also another one that is definitely in the Hall of Fame. That's John Madden. John Madden passed away, and I just want to say, you know, I I didn't have um I wasn't uh, lucky enough to to be watching and following football at the age in which he was um, doing pro- broadcasting. Even even when he did his last game in the '09 Super Bowl, by no Madden. I know Madden in terms of, you know, the video game. Um, and I still know Madden of, you could just tell by his face and a few interviews. I still got to watch the documentary that was on Christmas Day. You could tell he was a great, uh, loving, um, smart human being, right? He just had a great personality. Uh, it seemed like nothing was going to get to him. He was not going to be defeated. And it's kind of, it's kind of funny, actually, speaking of that, I actually had no idea. I, I, I read a little bit. I had no idea he had a fear of flying. 
you know, like, he had to go on the bus to, to announce his games, and that's part of the reason why he retired as a head coach, which is one of the most winningest head coaches of all time, uh, at, at, uh, over 100 wins, and I think it's, almost, I don't want to say almost 80%, but it's really high, and he only has one Super Bowl to show for it, but still, he is definitely a smart guy, and he made it sound easy, you know, like, he really wanted to teach us, be honest, about football, and he was truly a coach, he says, I am first and foremost a coach, and he did that through announcing, as well as, a co- a, of course, coaching football, so, what he did for the Raiders, what he did on national television cannot be understated, and I and, and I really do wish nothing but the best for his family going forward, and just hopefully people realize the uh, what who who he impacted. You know, like like I said, sport is big, uh, not just in this country but in the world. And when it comes to American football, I have to say he he did he definitely did itself very well. So uh, nothing but the best, um, and it's sad to see see him go. Um, but I definitely do think that um, at least people are giving him his due respect right now, as they should. They really should. Um, then Big Ben. Um, so so this one's the kind of one where he's a at least a borderline Hall of Famer. Uh, depends how you think, you know, how he, he was over the past few years. The steady decline, you know, the whole, um, whole career, his whole resume. I, he's going to retire. I, he hasn't definitely said that, but I'm telling you right now. I'm hearing all the likelies. I'm hearing, oh, I don't guarantee anything. He's going to retire. He's going to retire. Monday Night Football seems like he's going to be it's his last game. And I'm telling you right now, it, it is unless, of course, they, they make the playoffs and they have a home game. So Big Ben retiring, great quarterback, two-time Super Bowl. I don't think he's going to win a third one. Um, and, and I just don't know what Pittsburgh's going to do going forward. Like Dwayne Haskins, Mason Rudolph. I think Rudolph might even be a free agent anyway. So I'm just like, I don't know. I, I, I do really think that they have no choice but to draft a quarterback this season. Uh, I'm not sure how you can possibly wait. The, the roster says, the defense says, win now. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. But Big Ben's going to carry a big hole. And also, of course, again, like I said, debatable with the Hall of Famer if you really don't like him and what he's done over the past few years. But I think he will be. I definitely think he will be, especially with that quarterback class with Eli Rivers and, and him, definitely one of the most um, iconic trios in, in draft history, quarterback-wise. So definitely get, I just wanted to give respect to him with that. And now, as I typically do, uh, NFL picks, right? Just giving you a little bit of, like, uh, like obvious things, um, like, like you know, who's going to win and what. I'm just going to do a straight, no spread. But also just to give you a little bit of an update of what you might miss with uh, regarding each team. And maybe there might not be something. Like the first example, I actually don't have anything. And that's the Giants and the Bears. With me saying that the Bears are going to win in Chicago. Like there's really nothing much to report on. Nagy's on the hot seat. Judge, they're actually thinking that he's going to return. Daniel Jones, he's going to return. I don't think they should. I really don't. You have to start fresh, get a better quarterback, veteran, head coach maybe. But, yeah, Jones shouldn't return. The offense ran through him, and they still didn't do anything. They're just a dysfunctional mess right now. And like I said in my earlier episode, they are losers because of what what you've been seeing this season. And then, like I said, with Chicago, it's just a rebuilding season. Trying to get Fields' feet wet. And Nagy is, uh, he's, he's gone. I think he's absolutely gone. Atlanta, Buffalo. 
So Buffalo got right back on track. They beat New England in New England, and that's exactly what they needed. Now, it seems like they're in the driver's seat to win the AFC East, but regardless if I'm right or wrong with my NFL picks, and I will show you, um, there's a lot of uh, playoff clinching scenarios, and I'm going to tell you after my picks what what I think will happen, what uh, the clinch scenarios based on my picks. But regardless if I'm right or wrong, the AFC East will be decided in Week 18, which is awesome. It's a big division, especially now Miami's back in it. So the, the, the winning streak was just awesome. I mean, one and seven now they're eight and seven. It's just unbelievable. Brian, Brian Forrest, people thought, yeah, that guy was a fluke. No, he's actually, he just, I don't know what happened to them. And I know Tua missed some games, but they, they, they're looking good now. They And I don't know what's, what's going to happen with Tua. It seems like he doesn't seem like he's going to be the guy. I'm not sure, like, you know, how he really stood, stood out otherwise. But still, I do really like Buffalo against Atlanta, which there's really nothing much to say about Atlanta. And then, and I actually have Miami upsetting Tennessee. I did not like what I saw from Tennessee when I saw them play in Pittsburgh, right? And and also, I know they played the 49ers, and they won that game only by three points. I did not like what I saw either. So I had them upsetting Tennessee. Miami carrying a lot of momentum. Tennessee does have a lot of rest, and they're at home, but and they have a lot at stake um, with Tennessee with the NFC South still in play, um, the the two seed in play. And I'm just not sure they're going to get it done. Like they, their offense is just a little bit in jambles. Like they, I don't think they scored more than 20 points in either of the games I talked about. So Miami should do its job, carry the momentum, and get get the win against Tennessee, Kansas City, Cincinnati. So both teams just went off. Um, especially Cincinnati, one against Pittsburgh, the other one against Baltimore. And I have Kansas City winning in Cincinnati. And if they if they do, they clinch the one seed. To which then they don't have to play anybody week eighteen. To which then they don't have to play anybody for two weeks, and that's huge for Kansas City. And I can't believe the turnaround. I really can't. It's awesome um, to see a team just as jumbled and as dysfunctional, and the defense horrendous climb all the way back. And they and they well business as usual. So Kansas City, they're going to get the one seed. They're going to win. And then when it comes to Cincinnati, the, the that means the AFC North is deciding in Week 18 between them, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore, and that's so many teams right there. That's everybody. So that's awesome that you're going to have a few divisions, two or three, I think, that's going to still have to be decided in Week 18. But yeah, with Cincinnati, they're too inconsistent, so I don't have them win this game. And then this one's easy. I think the Eagles coming to Washington. They win. Washington's just a big fat mess, and you could say, "Oh, you know, they're gonna uh, get their guys back in shape." That was a messed up game. I think just they're burnt. You know, like Terry McCorn. I don't know where he's been. I don't know where the quarterbacks been. I don't know where the defense been. So, and the Eagles, Miles Sanders is out, but the running game could always chug through somebody, and they got three guys regardless. So, I do really like uh, the Eagles just to run the ball. And then Hurts, he's healthy. He's going to run the ball, too. You don't even need that much of Goddard or Devontae. You really don't. So then you also have Tampa Bay versus the Giants. So Tampa Bay, if you didn't know, they clinched their division. And they're, this is going to get an easy win against um, the Jets. I think I said the Giants, actually. Yeah, so it's the Jets uh, in the Meadowlands. That's an easy win. I know they have a whole bunch of injuries. 
Evans might be coming back soon, but I think they're going to. I think they're going to win. Las Vegas, Indianapolis. I I'm taking Indianapolis regardless if Carson plays or not, because the Raiders have been so. I haven't just like the Titans. I'm not sure if I, I like where I seen from them the past few few weeks. So they won in uh, against Denver with Drew Lock. They won in Cleveland with Case, uh, not Case Keenan, with um, Nick Mullins. And I'm like, you you didn't do anything to impress me. So I'm gonna go with the Colts with with knowing their roster and knowing that regardless of the quarterback play, they should they they win anyway. So I'm gonna go with the Colts to which then they clinch a playoff berth. Uh, and also, I guess I must go through the the whole thing once once I'm done, not just each game. But that shouldn't be a such a difficult game. And but I'm not sure about go with the spread because I don't know what it is. Two easy games here, I think, for two good teams. I think the Rams beat Baltimore. Jackson has a bad limp, and they're just going downhill right now. With not only with quarterback play, but through defense. And then you have New England and Jacksonville, which is such an obvious game. To pick, I mean, you even Jacksonville lost to the Jets, to which I don't know exactly. I, I need to see what happens with number one pick between them, Detroit, and the Jets. But I don't think the Jets are in it in the one, um, over the running for the one seat right now, the one overall pick. But yeah, so the Patriots run the ball. Damian Harris did really well against Buffalo. Matt Jones is not going to really turn the ball over against this defense. It should be an easy win against Jacksonville. And then, like I said, the Rams. They they seem to have stolen all the Cardinals momentum and they should beat Baltimore. Even if Lamar plays because the the defense, you know, it's not gonna help him. And then just everything has gone just hasn't it's just been unstable with the Ravens and you could say, Oh, if he if he, if Harbaugh didn't go for the two poor, maybe maybe they win one of those games. Sure, but you gotta roll with your coach and you don't wanna go into overtime. Like I said, Rams just it's I do trust momentum, but also just just talent just tells me otherwise. Chargers are going to be Denver. Denver is still without Bridgewater, and even if with Bridgewater it doesn't matter. Um, Chargers at home easily going to win that one, and they need they need to bounce back. They lost against Houston. That was just really poor effort on their defense. Davis Mills maybe his best game of his career, so I'm not sure how long he has. And speaking of Houston, they're facing San Francisco. That should be an easy one. They should be able to take care of businesses because it's in San Francisco. Uh, Trey Lance most likely can get the start, and I do love Trey Lance, and I do love that they can just run the ball uh, with him, with other guys, Jeff Wilson, Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel. They should be fine against Houston. Run the ball, and they should be fine. So uh, then the Cardinals, Dallas, that should be a good game. It really should be. Dallas seems like it found, found its offense. Albeit against a really bad defense. But they're at home. Cardinals, they're also another team that's just spiraling out of control. They clinched a the playoff berth. I know that. But but otherwise, and, and, and Dallas also clinched the, the the NFC East, if you haven't heard. But other than that, still, Dallas seems to um, have a good defense. I don't want to say great, but good. But then, yeah, the, like I said, the offense should be, should be rolling along um, against the Cardinals. And... Like I said, they 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 lost a close one against Indianapolis. They lost against the Rams, lost against Detroit, and it's just like then facing a Dallas team, you're not you're not helping yourself. Uh, Carolina, New Orleans, Detroit, Seattle, going with the home teams there. New Orleans and Seattle. New Orleans has Taysom Hill back. 
Carolina just has no idea who's playing quarterback. Cam Newton, um, P.J. Walker, Sam Donald, doesn't matter. St. Stephens is pretty good. They even, even they showed, they even gave that young kid a chance on Monday Night Football, only giving up 20 points to two on the Dolphins. Uh, 13 points, actually. The pick six does not count. Uh, so, actually, yeah, 13 points to the Dolphins. They should, their defense and Taysom Hill running the ball, Al Kamara running the ball, should get them enough of ammunition to beat Carolina, to which then that keeps them alive in the playoff hunt. Uh, Detroit and Seattle is obvious. I mean, no one really cares that much about this game. Both of them are eliminated, and Detroit's just, they have not won uh, on the road yet. So I'll definitely just give it to Seattle based on that. Uh, the two night games, Green Bay against Minnesota in Green Bay. Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh against Cleveland. So I'm going with Green Bay only because they lost the first time that they saw the Vikings. And just the, just by the fact that they have to, uh, the fact that Dallas wins, and they're probably going to see that Dallas is winning or even just think that they will anyway before their game starts. They're like, we got to keep the one seed. We want to have that bye week. And they might not have week 18 to rest the guys, but they definitely, 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 definitely in position to win the one seed. All you got to do is win against Minnesota and then win. I don't remember who they play week 18, but it's either Detroit or Chicago. And and, and you can definitely check that for yourself. But still, they're going to win that game week 18. It's just they had to take care of the Vikings who just put Thielen on IR. They did get down and cook back. But still, Vikings are in a, just in the middle. And I know if they lose this game, that really hurts their playoff chances, especially if San Francisco, the Eagles, and New Orleans win. So Green, Green Bay at home, they're a really good team. And they do like showing up at night. And I know Kirk Cousins, he's not typically a night guy. So I'll definitely just all those things are pointing in the direction of Green Bay. And then with me saying that Big Ben's probably going to retire, and I'm not sure if he's going to play at Heinz Field again in the playoffs, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. I think it might be a rally ever around Big Ben. Uh, as well as the fact that, you know, he might have a really good game knowing he's going to retire. He's the only one that truly knows the answer. And then also Cleveland, you lose against the Raiders, and it's, it's, I, and you lose against Green Bay. I'm just like, I don't know, man. I'm not sure if I trust this team anymore. You know, you're supposed to be fine without Odell, and you haven't won that many games since, since then. So I'm just, I'm like, and plus, I have a bet that Cleveland uh, is not going to win the division. It doesn't seem like it anyway, regardless. But if they def- if they lose this game, they definitely won't. So I I, I, I kind of am rooting for this, but I think they will anyway. I think Cleveland might even be favored. And that's kind of like, what are you talking about? Just defense and just the, the Mayfield's just not good. He's not a good quarterback. And I heard there was going to be competition. That's going to be a huge thing next year. Like, is Baker going to... St- I'm gonna get extended. Is he gonna stay? You know all that, all that stuff. And that's just I wouldn't be surprised if, at if they replaced him, uh, because he just hasn't shown me that he's that guy. So with all that being said, like I said, with all with my picks, Casey clinches the one seed. Regardless of right and wrong, the AFC East will be decided in Week 18. The Rams win the NFC West. The fact that Arizona loses, and the Rams win against Baltimore, and then. And this depends on who loses and then who wins. Buffalo, New England, and Indianapolis clinches uh, their uh, playoff berths this week based on who I have winning here. 
So that should be very interesting, and definitely keep your eyes tuned for that. Um, that's the, the playoffs and clinches, you know, divisions and whatever. That's going to be great, and I just definitely just just keep enjoying it. It's going to be it's going to be a great playoffs. It always is, and and you'll definitely hear from me soon what my Super Bowl picks will be. But uh, let's get going with the other thing: the state of all four sports. And I shouldn't even say four sports. I will include MLS in the discussion when one would argue that I really shouldn't. But uh, what I really want to get through with this discussion is just to remind us where each sport is right now, right? It is the new year, and we should at least say, okay, a lot of things happened over the past year, maybe the past two years, and now this is how we got here. Right, just so, just basically a little reminder, and also I will mix in a lot of history, especially when it comes to Major League Baseball, maybe even a little bit of uh, basketball and football, because again, you know, I do really care about uh, how we got here and um, worrying about you know, it the root of something, the core of something. So, it it it's a it's kind of it's kind of like a fascinating discussion but it is i know weird to mix it in with current day sports um and the sports update that i just did but at this at the same time it is like an interesting kind of blend uh to the uh, to this discussion so so anyway just as i always say let's let's get right into it um and like i said for sports even though again MLS is the first one we're going to get into as the little brother, maybe maybe four and a half sport we're going to talk about. But I'm going to be really quick with this one. Um, no one really cares about it. And and that's unfortunate. Um, you know, even those that even follow soccer think of it as a joke. Um, I do think that at some point it will become popular. And the reason why, uh, first of all, I should really say no one really cares about it right now I'm, ta- I'm just talking about right now where's each sports stand right now so we're talking about the the f- fifth technically the four and a half sport no one really cares about when you because when you bring up philadelphia oh that's home of the four sports teams they never they always forget about the union right um when you're talking about the big four on it if you're going to sporacle and you're guessing um what franchises are in each sport, right? They never include MLS. Soccer has never been America's game, and I would I would just argue that, um, and I'm thinking about the Olympics right now, that only women's soccer they really care about, and only they really even care about it is when the Olympics are going on. For the most part, I don't want to speak for everybody, but that, again, even those... Um, of like friends of mine school and otherwise that follow soccer they just follow european soccer and then i i asked them like how what do you think about mls they're like we don't really they think of it as a joke they they don't take it that seriously um so even the even the most talented players in the mls are going to europe for for soccer and that kind of just that kind of tells you where mls is right now there's just a whole bunch more money in um in other places than MLS, um, the competition is way fiercer in um, uh, uh, MLS. Worldwide, it gets more recognition than MLS. So I do have some hope in the future just because um, 
it is still soccer. Um, it is still a worldwide phenomenon, and America is uh, is known for its sports. So it's not like I want to give America the benefit of the doubt. But I, if you combine all those aspects, I do think at some point when you have a generational talent that's willing to stay in the MLS and is loyal to to staying at home, maybe needs to be near family, then I would definitely say some people will ha- have no choice but to pay attention to this talent and and the games of the MLS, and they might have like a big year. Um, marketing-wise and reaching out to people that they never had before. So the, the potential is there, but I think it will take a while for them um, to reach that full potential. Otherwise, they would just shut down the league. You know, that's when you can really say, oh, they got no chance. But as of right now, I guess you could easily say that they do. So then we get into NHL. And again, this is not necessarily America's sport. Uh, you can think about Sweden, Canada, Russia. But NHL is still... They still they still count as the the big four, so why am I thinking about this as uh, not taking that serious, but still in the big four? Well, not a lot of money is circulating in the game right now. Uh, think about the best players, you know, McDavid, Ovechkin, even Sidney Crosby. At one point, they're making at most eleven or twelve, thirteen million. Right, compared to baseball with over thirty million, um, NBA players making around thirty-five, and NFL players making at least twenty, twenty-five. Right, and that's not even counting the quarterbacks. Actually, you know, quarterbacks just make a whole lot, whole lot more. Mahomes might make fifty in one year. So, money really talks when it comes to the state of a sport, and with and with hockey, there's just not that much. Um, I could I could easily say that when it comes to the politics of it, like handling, you know, COVID nineteen. Uh, also, there's been some peace. You know, you don't really hear that much of a strike or work stoppage, like a lockout. Um, you also you you do of course have some scandals like the Blackhawks of recently. That's ne- that's never really going to go away. But I will definitely say that when you hear much about hockey, because it's not that popular, it's a good thing in the fact that you don't hear that much bad news out of them either. So there's kind of like a blessing and a curse with that. You're not that popular, so that's a curse, but it's a blessing when you have something kind of really bad going on, not too many people are going to pay attention to it. It's still fast, it's still violent, but and therefore you could say it's a live action, just not a lot of goals. Just not a lot of goals. Um, and, and the funny part is when you do see a lot of goals, then you say, like, oh, that doesn't seem like a hockey game. You know, that seems more like a baseball game. Six to four, right? When hockey's more supposed to be three to two, right? And sure, that's still a baseball score. I guess with hockey and baseball, that you can get that hand in hand. But sometimes I see scores of like eight or nine goals, and I'm like, that is a little bit too much. So maybe they are in a phase where they they uh, are I don't know them much of the rules, but maybe there's a switch in like the talent of uh, the forwards and the defensemen getting goals at a at a higher rate, or the goalies just uh, not defending at at the peak in which they should. But but still, um, not the many people are going to be fond as much as NBA 
and NFL, and that's where really where you want to be, right? It does help that ESPN is broadcasting some hockey games, and I'm surprised it took them this, and also TNT. I'm surprised it took them, uh, well, actually, it not took them this long. I'm surprised they did it. Uh, and I kind of had no idea that they were um, working with, with hockey at any given point in their in their in their uh, fran- uh, um, not franchise um, in in their history. ESPN, like I had no idea when I did some research. I realized that that's kind of you know what made them ESPN, right? But at the, at the same time, hockey's not um, wh- where it is, at least in terms of popularity. And maybe Miracle Nice had some deal with that. Um, you know, like it, it, that was like the peak of Americans watching hockey. But now you, just, you're, again, you just like you got the NBA and NFL, and it's just way more popular. And I guess that has to deal with attention spans, right? With with soccer and any shells, kind of like the same thing, just not that many goals to score. You want to see a lot of touchdowns. You want to see a lot of baskets, right? You want to see a lot of home runs. Like the appeal is there, and when it's not there, you kind of you're kind of like, well, I'm waiting for something to happen. Nothing's happening. Why should I keep watching? So, I don't think the core root of that problem is going to change anytime soon because that's the core crux of why you play those sports. So therefore, it's going to be a, the same problem over and over again, and and therefore there's you're still going to get the same result here as to being one of the uh, of, uh of popularity in the U.S. in regards to in regards to sport. So now we get into the NBA, and with the NBA, um, you you have a lot of players who are very polarizing, right? And the reason why I bring this up first is because when when people bring up like a trade demand or um, like rumors of players in uh, the NFL like a, like Le'Veon Bell situation for example uh, or Aaron Rodgers for example you might even have a case in MLB where the, the guy just wants to be gone a lot of players a lot of people associate that with the NBA first um, like the, especially with Anthony Davis James Harden situations where you could say it, it kind of went out of hand and and, t- and they really forced their hand. Even though then you could argue in the history of sports that um, Bo Jackson, you know, did not want to be um, drafted from, by the team in which he wanted to take him first overall or he was going to go to baseball, and he did go to baseball. You also have um, the Eli Manning situation so that's that's in regard to the draft but I'm what really I'm talking about here with NBA is that you get drafted you're there and you're just not uh, and you're tired of losing or you're, you're tired of um, the big market so also Kobe Bryant's a big example he got drafted by Charlotte he said I'm not going to Charlotte and he, he wants to, to force trade to LA and that's what he did so that, so that also does play into the hand of the NBA again but mostly what I'm dealing with is that you're tired of losing. All they, they want the easy way to win a championship like shown by Kevin Durant going to Golden State. And they force their way out through a trade and sitting out and um, not practicing, not playing games. A, a full-blown trade demand. And Anthony Davis, you know, really made 
a mockery out of this with all the shirts he was wearing, uh, the posts, the likes that of other teams and players, or comments that were said like, oh yeah, I agree with you, um, they don't deserve you, he likes a comment like that. And social media played, plays a big role in, in, in this today. So, and also you hear tons of rumors and whatever have you, and players talk to each other, it's not considered tampering, but then when a general manager talks about a player on another team, then they get fined. I'm not nece- uh, I'm not necessarily a big fan of that at all, especially when tampering occurs all the, all the time. But then, when it's spoken out publicly, you there uh, right then there you're like, oh, we gotta do something about that. Like, come on, be fair about what's really happening. And also, that kind of reminds me too that they don't really find the players that much when it comes to like tampering. You know, whatever. Maybe one time there was one time. Where a player just was really out of hand, and uh, the league actually fined him only a little bit, um, definitely less than the general manager or the owner, which definitely shows you that the player—it's a players' league. Um, they really do protect the players. I mean, think about um, the Ben Simmons situation right now. He still is getting paid for not practicing, not playing. And he's able to say he has a mental condition to which he could say all, all he wants. But really what he's just saying, this is all he really said, is that he is mentally not ready to play. That's not the same thing as that uh, I'm, I am mentally not healthy. Right? Like, if I am taking a test that I did not study for, mentally I am not ready to take this test. Or you're, let's say you're doing something. And your friend like texts you, hey, can you come out and, and, and help me with this? Mentally, like you're not ready for that, right? You're kind of like blindsided. You know, that's that's not the same thing. We can, it's it's okay to be not ready to do something, and therefore you're mentally not ready to do that thing. But that's that's a completely separate situation from saying that I'm mentally not in a good place right now. It's completely separate, and the league lets them slide with it. Because they don't, they don't want to anger other players, right? Players have each other's players back, and Adam Silva does not challenge them at all. And that's where I'm like, players are not that loyal. Free agency, trade demands, and they have the league's support on that. Even when it comes to these tampering situations, like I just said, you also have. So that's always against the Joe Manchin owner. Something that they didn't even mean to, you know, interfere with. They get heavily penalized, and players they tamper all the time. But then you have these owners and front offices prone to investigations, right? You don't hear that many bad things of players, right? Here and there you you do, but when it comes to during the season, and what I feel like it's during the season, you you hear some bad things about um uh, about owners of front offices and it's good right we that's the main thing we all we want as fans is transparent transparency and we only feel like the front offices are prone to investigations and not really anything towards like players you know like the players are hiding in the corner they're hidden by the league and then the league is like we want all the bad people all the stereotypical people who are not for societal change, 
society's um, normal, what's good now. We're trying to get these people thrown out. Bad people. And so you, that's where you have the, the investigation of the Clippers. Donald Sterling deserved to be out. And he was. Forced him to sell the team. You also had Mark Cuban's Dallas Mavericks. Um, you know, just a really bad culture, toxic environment. It, he had no idea, but it was still no less he took responsibility, and he should have. And then you had Portland uh, as recently as um, this this winter, right? That's where, you know, another bad, um, toxic, hard, um, difficult to speak up for environment. And it's it's just like you, you, you want these things to happen, right? But again, you don't hear that many bad things of players is really my point. It's good to hear these things of the owners of front offices. If you get word of it, try to get them out with with reason and cause. Take whatever legal action by means necessary. But then when it comes to players, I just feel like they're just too protected. And you could think that's a good thing. You want them protected more than the owners in front offices. That's obviously something that I'm taking for granted right now, right? But really what I'm just saying is that I want uh, that um, I just want all transparency. And the players get away with a lot. A lot. And that's what I feel like. That's the current state of the NBA right now. Especially, and, I'm, and, I, and you sense my frustration, not even because of that. But then you get into fans, right? And don't get me wrong, there are some fans that get too involved on the, on the sidelines. But again, the players get the benefit of the doubt over the fans and the fans are what the uh, what makes the league you know they are paying their money to which that goes to the stadium which is owned by the owners and then the owners pay the players so really the fans are paying the players but then when you take aside the player or the fans i feel like the fans get snubbed and don't get me wrong every situation is different but i never feel like the league ever supports the fans like there should be one or two cases right it's just because they're the players they run the league they have a lot of power we cannot go against them i'm never for that it's almost like the truman show where you know you're you have this person controlling someone's life they're running an operation they have full say Right, and, it, and and that's why I kind of feel like Adam Silver has some, but not a lot of say, because you don't want you don't want to mess with the product, and um, make have any turmoil with with like you want to have really good relations, but that's different than um, you actually you don't have to give up power, and I feel like you know the players do have a lot of power. Like again, you have the Ben Simmons situation, you had the Anthony Davis, James Harden situation and you don't want to see superstar elite talents complaining and begging to get out of something that they could you know if it's basketball you could have you can make the team better right theoretically even lebron james took a really bad cleveland team in 07 to the nba finals if he could do that you know and you're almost as talented as he is you could probably do do the same right or um or you have that one piece you know like they did bring on demarcus cousins in new orleans didn't work out so you know there is a lot of 
frustration I feel like uh, and a lot of people that I know of don't really like the NBA for the reason that they really feel like it's too player heavy and you can't blame them right really can't blame them uh, as well as speaking of player heavy and that's just in terms of speaking on power alone what about the game itself right a lot of people feel like it's soft taking tack fouls um, you also have a lot of people who are um, that are they're not a big fan of the of the refs you know and, and and I do really feel because of the basketball it's very hard to officiate a game there's a lot of things that you can't see and there's only three of them at a time and also um, they're running around around uh, along the sidelines they could run into a fan by accident so like I remember watching um, um, yesterday um, Patrick Beverly helping an official up where uh, he 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 had a fan was walking back to uh, to their seat. Ref was going to uh, to the other side of the court. They bump into each other. He fall, he, uh, the ref kind of falls down, kind of trips, and Pete as he's dribbling helps him up. That's something that you don't ever see in football or MLB, right? Like fans don't interact that closely with the the game to the point where they might actually bump into a ref. So I do really give them a lot of credit. But there are some really bad calls, really bad fouls. And that's, I, I guess you could say NHL is good and there's not that many controversies. Uh, soccer, a little bit of the same thing too. But with NBA, NFL, and MLB, refs, you're always going to have controversies along with that. But I will, I will back the NBA refs in the fact that it is, I think, the hardest game to, to ref, to manage. So again, like I was saying, uh, the game has become very soft. You've seen with the M- uh, NBA a lot of fights. Uh, you've seen a lot of uh, you know uh, back and forth, Shaq and Barkley. We all seen. Um, we've seen some punches thrown, and we've seen uh, the malice at the palace. It's not like that anymore, and it's better. It's good that you know it's nothing like malice at the palace. But I will definitely say. That the game is become too soft, right? Like you had the fouls on the shooter where they just fling their arms up. You also had, um, you know, this uh, a lot of flopping. And don't get me wrong, soccer. <laughs> There's some flopping in soccer, absolutely. MLS, I'm not too familiar, but you see flopping everywhere. So maybe it's too much of a subject to say. Oh yeah, that's also an MLS thing. But yeah, no, you don't. You still see the flopping. Uh, you also see. Um, you still see the softness of the game. It's definitely it, like they, as uh, my dad would say, or someone that's old school, right? Let let them play, keep, let them keep on playing. I know he says that for football, and, but the same thing applies here. There's just too many fouls, live free throws. It slows the game up, ruins the pace. Just let the small things slide. Let these guys keep on playing, right? But they've complained a lot. Luka Doncic just complains a lot, and that's really where you get into the softness. Right, you always hear the NBA legends say like they're complaining about things that um that always occurred in my day, you know, like I think it was hand checking, right? That they really bring up. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm just really not a big fan of the players in the NBA. They they usually have it their way, and then they still complain about the small things. They're spoiled. Is really the one I'm looking for. They are spoiled. There's some great players. Like I'm a big fan of Giannis. He seems like a you know loyal, hardworking, 
right? He doesn't want to join any big team, big threes, right? And that's another big thing, you know. You have super teams. Go the Golden State Warriors are legit. They're authentic. But I will definitely say, when it comes down to it, that you had too many of the, of those happen, and that kind of ruined the game too. So you definitely do see that with Brooklyn right now, James Harden, KD, and Kyrie. You also have LeBron, Wade, and Bosch. Everyone's going to bring that up. KD, Jordan Clay, and Steph. And you even kind of even see that in Chicago. Now, it's a little bit of a lesser one. People don't ever usually bring it up. But people want those big threes to happen in an authentic way, right? And if you don't know, Lonzo, DeRozan, Levine, Vucevic. So I actually take out Lonzo because the, the DeRozan, Levine, and Vucevic are legit. And, and, and Lonzo's a legit defender. As a guard, he usually has a steal and a block, which is awesome for a guard, a, a point guard. Shooting guards can play wing, and, you know, they, they can get steals and maybe a block. But as a point guard, a bona fide point guard, that's very much legit. But again, um, you... you don't you don't want super teams and there's been a lot of them and that's that's kind of been a thing throughout the nba right uh like the big three in boston with rondo garnett um paul pierce ray allen you know i'm not sure who you take out it's a big i don't want to call it a big four but you take out one maybe it's rondo and you put out allen or you take out allen you keep in rondo or you can even say uh mikhail parish and larry bird kareem magic and um worthy so it's been it's a it's a thing in the NBA, but the fact that the players do it through free agency they're like oh i just want a championship that's easier really diminishes winning and you really have to make it just not not harder i you still want player movement and that's the thing there's a lot of player movement it's kind of annoying but not necessarily controlling that but more so Make it more appealing to players to to start on their own, right? Like uh, a team that's on the up and up, up, you know, like is Detroit on the up and up with Jamai Grant and Kay Cunningham, right? So they had the good depth pieces like an Isaiah Stewart, Sarkeek Bay, even Kalani Hayes could be a good um, defense guy off the bench, you know. It just, you really had to market the smaller teams because you don't want a predictable champion every year. Like people, people are predicting the Lakers to win. They were predicting the Nets to win. Um, maybe even the Bucks to win. You know, and, and the Bucks are more authentic. They did it through trades and a really lopsided trade. Um, Drew Holiday um, to to Milwaukee, to which New Orleans got a whole lot out of Milwaukee. And then of course you still have Giannis and Milton, but they they home homegrown those two. Really had to develop those two. And then, of course, they have the other pieces around, like a Brook Lopez, Connaughton, DiVincenzo has been hurt. Um, they traded for uh, Grayson Allen. Uh, Bobby Porras was uh, was a steal before they made their championship run. So there's way, there's authentic ways, there's legit ways to do it. But again, you see these teams, super teams, and it's because of the players, and you just it's just too much, right? And a lot of people are not watching the NBA because of that. And also, you know, you hear these trade demands, rumors, too much player rumor. You want a little bit more lo- loyalty. And also, again, like I said, the players are a bit too soft. So, again, really, it's really player heavy. Then NFL we get into. 
It's the most popular sport in the U.S. That's by far. Plain and simple. And I really do think this is associated with the violence. Um, like, there's an a- there's action every single play. To which, again, it's like hockey in, fact, in the fact that it is kind of... I don't want to say it's fast-paced. Hockey's way more fast-paced. But yes, it is violent. But it does have action. A lot more touchdowns. A lot, even a lot more points. The funny thing is that you have to get three goals to have one field goal. Right? But people still... They just love points. That's really what it is. They love points. And that and that's another thing with the NBA. You know, it is fast-paced. Uh, three-pointers. People love three-pointers. Um, and they love points. Same thing with NFL. Touchdowns, they love the long play. Um, they love running quarterbacks, you know. But what really makes the sport great is because of the betting. They really, really, really did the NFL a favor, the, uh, the Supreme Court ruling by saying that betting is legal. That was absolutely huge and massive. Like, when you think of betting, you think of NFL. Plain and simple. You don't really think about MLB... You'll think about NBA that much. When you think about NFL, you think about the points, right? right? Oh, this team's favored by, you know, three and a half points or whatever. NFL is not going to go away as the most popular sport in the United States. And let me and let me just say this, too. When people uh, you cannot say football internationally, okay? I know they're trying to make it big internationally, but I'm not sure that's ever really going to progress. It's really going to be only a U.S. thing because when they think of football, they think of soccer, I uh, like again. I don't know why they called it football when you don't really touch the ball with your feet that much, unless you're a kicker or a punter. Like you really have to use your hands, which of course is illegal in soccer. So I don't think they're going to make it out that much internationally. It's going to be by far the most popular sport in the U.S. for years to come. Plain and simple. However, as they've shown in their history, they do handle concussions poorly and domestic violence poorly. Especially when you, when you take into the fact that even recently, this past one, you had two guys uh, diagnosed with stage 2 CTE. And if you don't know the movie portrayed by Will Smith of uh, Bennett Amalu, Concussion is a movie that I think you should see. It's not like a great movie, like, oh my god, one of the best of all time. It's not. But it's definitely for your educational purpose of what the NFL is capable of. And what they don't want us to see, right? And there's there's a lot of that. Uh, like every league has something to hide, you know, for the sake of its reputation. And concussions are, are the top of the list. Now they are trying to make strides, but I will always say this in the bottom of my heart: the reason why I'm not a big fan of football, it's just not a human game. Plain and simple. It's almost like gladiators. They, I do really feel like that they are gladiators in the Coliseum. By the way in which you know there's tackling involved, um, the use of the the head, it's very violent, almost like a disregard for human life. You know, like you really had to feel like almost like an animal, and that's that's not a disrespect towards the players. I totally understand the love of the game. It's sports, whatever sport you play, and if you get yourself attached to a game like football, you disregard all the negatives and weaknesses because that's your your love turns your uh, turns the blind eye toward it i totally get it I, I i talked about that when it comes to the impact of sports when i talk about that with my friends right but when it comes to football football is just so so bad for the human body like you had to take a week to heal 
and which I don't understand with Thursday Night Football. Why is it on Thursday? You only had three days to fully rest, barely practice. That's that's also bad. I, there, there are some cases like Thursday Night Football where you do have situations that you can say, oh, that's a money grabber. Having a game on Thursday that's not safe for the players, you could say, oh, they're doing that for money. So I'm not a big fan of that. Um, so domestic violence, um, I feel like they handle that better in terms of like how to suspend players. So that, that you can't control a person's personal life, um, and there's definitely some players um, that don't get second chances. Ray Rice, of course, is the epitome of that. Uh, but then you also have Antonio Brown getting a second chance. Uh, you also have uh, Ezekiel Elliott coming back to the Cowboys. You, you you do see guys serve eight game suspensions, but it used to be three, it used to be four, and I feel like eight is a fair number, so long as you know that that uh, the team is willing to sign. You also had um, Kareem Hunt released by the Chiefs, signed by the Browns. So I feel like they're getting better. But their history still has shown that they they do have a, a black cloud that does that's not going to go away anytime soon. Uh, they're also embracing more diversity. Uh, they're trying to take the old guys out, and they have taken some of the guys out, like uh, John Gruden, for example, and that whole big controversy and mess. Um, Dan Snyder, you know, the the Washington football team investigation. That's still you're still going to have a lot of bad guys and old school guys that uh you know you want more diversity you want more of um more accepted societal minded people in the game today and when when they're not abiding by that you take them out and that depends if they're if they make themselves known publicly so again john green with the emails i don't know why you would send any emails like that but at least you can easily say okay we we caught him you know, um, but there's more people like him out there. It's just he happened to show himself through emails, which is a private matter, but can be looked at by 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 people who are in power, and which that happened here with the investigation into um, the Raiders and the football team investigation. So there are still guys that owners, coaches, executives, wherever case have you that uh, you know that have. Um, a bad mindset, or um, they they've done bad things. Could be domestic violence. Could be um, you know something they said. Um, maybe it, maybe you just realize they're just a really bad person. Whether it's because of their views or their actions, otherwise, they're still trying to take the garbage out, and that's going to take a long while. But it, it's going to it's going to fully happen at some point, and maybe. Maybe not all of it anytime soon, but maybe within the next 10 years, they might be totally better in this department of diversity and taking the bad old guys out, which I guess you could say in any of these sports they're trying to do. The Blackhawk scandal that you just had, the Portland scandal you just had, uh, the John Gruen scandal you got by. MLB, um, you could say, is the Astros cheating scandal, which I will definitely get into. But as of right now, um, NFL is trending in the right direction, other than concussions. But that's something that's just a part of the game. Like that's, if you want to tackle someone, there's a chance they hit you in the head. 
Just plain and simple. So like I said, refs are a big problem. It's harder in the NBA and NFL. There are definitely some cases where they just really make a bad call. And they even replay back them up on it when it should have not had. They should have saw that, oh, we should change it, but they didn't. That's just something that's not going to go away. Um, and they're trying to you know, make replay and the challenges a little bit more better. But it does slow the game down. Replays and reps and huddling with each other. But... Um, Again, you know, that's just something I think fans and myself are just are just used to by this point. That you're just going to have controversial bad calls, no calls. It's not going to go into a robotic mode, but you're it's it's just a part of part of the game. Refs are human. Humans make mistakes, and you got to live with it as a team. Both teams got to live with it, and you move on. Just part of sports. And then the last thing is that there's too many penalties. Too many penalties, and it easily protects the quarterback. If it wasn't so obvious to me, maybe I'll be okay with it. But quarterbacks don't need protection. That's what an O line is for, and the O line should do their job correctly by not holding the person, by not clipping the person, right, or an illegal block in the back. You know, they should do their job. The reps, you don't need the reps to also protect the quarterback. So, I'm a little bit frustrated with that. And the game has definitely turned softer because there's just so many penalties. And yes, the league has also, um, I was actually, uh, so I was, I was going to say that the league has also become very political. And the reason why I bring this up along with the protecting the court was because there are definitely some old school people that don't like this, that there are too many penalties and um, that they feel like the game has definitely become softer, even though it's definitely an, a gladiator-like sport. So, of course, that... Um, they want to make it safer for the players, and people just love violence. They want the most brutal um, parts of the game as much as possible. But you definitely have to say, too, that those same people are, uh, are also not fond of the NFL for political reasons, for whatever the case may be. And there's definitely been a lot of... Um, and you also even even say the way that they handled uh, some of the games. You know, They pushed some games back. Like, I would easily remember um, week 15, uh, putting Cleveland back to Monday, angering Raiders fans and Raiders players alike, uh, Eagles fans with the Washington game going all the way back to Tuesday, Seattle fans with the Rams game going back Tuesday. I I totally understood it. Um, It does fall into line with the politics, but you just got to be adaptable with everything that's happening in, in regards to COVID. So there's that. And then you have um, the politics. That's just the players. That, that got started with the NBA. But the players are allowed to. It's your choice if you uh, want them to. I mean, I personally would like it if if, uh, if it was just sports. Because I, I, I like sports as an escape from politics. But you can't blame them. They are humans too. And they're allowed to do what they like with their speech. And... There are people that turn it off because of that, as well as, like I was saying, with um, with the rule changes and penalties that protect the quarterbacks. Again, like I said, it's a bit too much. It's obvious. But that's where you make your most money. You might as well protect it. It's all about money. It's all about money. So then, last thing, and there's a whole lot with this. Hopefully, it doesn't take up a whole lot of time, is MLB. I go into the Hall of Fame. I've been there twice. You can easily tell that the game was very popular at one point. One of the most historic, I don't want to say landmarks, 
but you could just tell there's a whole lot of history with the game. And you could tell that it was backed by fans alike. Today, it's not as popular as it once was. It was America's pastime. And here is why. It's, we have had a, we have a shorter attention span. Right? We want more action in less seconds, less minutes, less time. That's why we're very much into NFL and NBA. With NHL and baseball, there's just not a lot of action. Right? And if there is, we're looking for the home run. Even when there's a perfect game, you just watch the last three outs or a no-hitter. It's kind of ridiculous. You don't see many people, if any, unless they're like they're working on a job or they're a diehard baseball fan, which there's still not that many, uh, many of anyway. But you see that they do not watch a game full nine innings, right? And they're trying to make it faster. Pointer man on second, extra innings. You still had the Dodgers-Padres game go to 16 innings or 17 innings. And it's just ridiculous. Ridiculous how how slow the game has been, right? And here's the reason why. As someone who's worked for a baseball company and has seen games, full nine innings, and maybe even extras, here's why the game is so slow. First of all, baseball is a slow game to begin with, right? There's not that many things you can really change to shave an hour. No matter what, an average baseball game should be around three hours. And that's average because you have to consider extra innings. And you're never going to go away from that. There's always going to be extra innings every year. But the reason why the game is so slow, it's not necessarily like, oh, we need a pitch clock. Oh, you know, we need to um, cut the mound visits or uh, even cut the commercial breaks or it's, it's, it's the little things, right? It's absolutely the little things. So here's a good example for you. A batter strikes out. Or a batter grounds out. You know, let's say the batter gets out. It takes them like a minute or a minute and a half later for the next player appearance to start. Like it never is like, get out of the dugout, get out of the, the batter's, uh, batter's circle, let's go. Especially with a strikeout, you got to throw the ball around, get it back to the pitcher. Like it, a minute, it's it feels like a minute it takes up to the next player appearance. I'm, it's not like I'm tr- like tracking everything with a stopwatch. But it really does feel like that. And then you also have the pitcher step off the mound a few times along with their slow stance and wind-up. The batters get out of the batter's uh, box, right? They're allowed to take their time. But then you also have um, the when you have a bullpen change, and which also, you know, you're allowed to fix a, mi- a minimum of three hitters. Still hasn't really slowed up the game. Uh, it hasn't really quickened the game that much. You have pitchers walking or jogging out of the, the bullpen they should you know like almost like sprint get their adrenaline up and going that can that can save you a few minutes you also have the fact that um that a pitcher coming out of the bullpen needs to warm up like they were in the bullpen they were warming up why do they have to warm up more i understand the mound's not the same and you want to get them accustomed to it but they don't need to take five or six pitches on a mound that they're probably used to anyway so not only do you have them walking, jogging out of the bullpen, but then they're taking warm-up pitches that they just did in the bullpen. That takes up, like, what, four or five minutes? Getting someone acclimated to something that they really don't need to be acclimated to. The small things, people. The small things. And there's plenty more things. Probably plenty more things, like getting the shift ready, right? And you, and you of course, like I said, throwing the ball around the diamond. 
and like warm-ups of the guys on the field, like throwing the ball to third, who throws it back to first, and and, and the infield is worn up. Like, do we? It doesn't really need to. I understand you have to do something during a commercial. I get it, but that's what the test thing. If you really care about time, yet you, you might have to cut into the money a little bit, and maybe you get more people watching because I don't think you're going to get that many people watching a, a three and a half hour game. I just don't. So you really do have to think about the, the, the little things. Really watch a baseball game full nights, and you and you should ask right down a few things like, did that really have to take up a minute? What he had to do, did, did that have to take up twenty five seconds, thirty seconds? It all adds up. So yes, right now the base baseball is very slow, and baseball should do its homework and try to watch its own product to see how they can improve it and get faster because there's a lot of young people like me that don't watch a full nights because of that. When it comes to the postseason, it's different, but I'm talking about the regular season. And watching a baseball game, it's not, it doesn't have the same feel anymore. Maybe you go to one or two when you used to go to five. It adds up. It really does. So then you also have um, the DH controversy. You, you, This is not that big of a deal. But, you know, people don't want to change it. People absolutely want to change it. That's being currently discussed in the CBA. And I think it's just inevitable. You're going to have the DH in both leagues. Um I'm not a big fan of, of that change. But, you know, by this point, I just, I'm just i just like, whatever. And uh, <laughs> and speaking of the CBA, they're, they're, the biggest thing that they're discussing is the competitive imbalance. And there's a big, big problem with that, with MLB. Big, big, big problem. In the fact that um, small market teams don't want to spend that much. Players want... Um, want those kinds of teams to have a salary floor or all teams to have a salary floor. Those smaller teams don't necessarily want that. And then the owners are like, we want to cap. We want to have a threshold, a hard cap. And the players are like, well, you know, we still want you to spend. Like, you can't have it both ways. So that's why, you know, it, 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 the competitive balance basically is that teams that can spend, will spend, and will likely win. And then teams that cannot spend do not spend, and they make it harder to win championships. Now, it's been done before. The Marlins have won early 2000s and 97. You had a team like the Royals. You have the team like the Tampa Bay Rays going into the World Series through analytics and drafting and developing and good trades, but they still cannot sign that many elite talent or trade for that kind of contract when the guy wants out, right? So that's what I'm talking about. There was a big competitive imbalance. There's a lot of teams that are just mediocre, and they've been mediocre. And there's even teams that maybe they, they have, maybe they have. Oh, we can sign one guy. They don't want to come there. You're not a big market. So it's a, a competitive imbalance is a big, huge problem, and that's just been part of baseball for forever. It feels like, even with a soft cap, it doesn't matter. You have owners that uh, I want to keep my costs low. Figure out another way to to. To get a champion, well, you're not going to beat the Yankees, you're not going to beat the Red Sox, the Astros, you're not going to beat the Dodgers. No way, you're not going to beat the Mets now. That's that's definitely a big thing talking about in in the CBA. And speaking of the CBA, that's that's big too. A lot of people are fed up with these relations with um, the fan uh, with. Um, the players and the owners going back and forth with each other. It is unbelievable how 
Everyone said, oh, we're getting a lockout. We're getting a lockout. And we did. We absolutely did. And the funny part is, is that Famalicious was already hurt from last year. You had only a 60-game season in 2020 in which when they were negotiating how to go about that season, they had this CBA in mind. You know, like, oh, which the players are like, we want leverage for when the CBA expires. The owners are the same thing. We want leverage too, you know. And you could have had an 80-game, 100-game season, but you had no choice but to go 60. And that really hurt, if you remember last season. Now, they still had a continuous season. You could say the Dodgers have an asterisk all you want. But but fan relations, you can, it's it's priceless, you know. And there's probably some people that um that you know revolted, rebelled that season. Maybe came back in 2021, and now you and now you might lose them again because you got a lockout. When you have negotiation between the players and the owners, you have a strike. You have a lockout. You're basically telling fans we care about ourselves more than the spirit of the game, which is you. The spirit of the game runs through the fans of the game. You come to the stadium. You remind us of what it was like to play baseball as a kid, play in Little League. I got to admit, I got to admit, it is like a child's game. But then when you had these CBA negotiations, that's when you take the naive, the innocence out of baseball. And you turn it into, we're the adults. Get out of here, kid. Where we gotta talk business. Baseball shouldn't be a business, and it is. Every sports league is a business. But again, you shouldn't. You should say we want to play baseball as soon as possible. And the fact that you're making it more about yourselves, more about the business than the spirit of the game, does not suit well with fans. And so, also, um, before I forget, the old school unwritten rules that's probably not going to go away anytime soon. You're just going to have kind of like with football players and basketball players, like oh we. Didn't, we didn't do that in our day, and you're complaining about this now, or you're doing this in our day, and we don't like it. You're always going to have that happen. The old school unwritten rules, Tatis hitting a grand slam when the game's already out of hand. You're always going to get that. Always going to get that. But that is unfortunately still part of baseball and, and part of the, where baseball is right now. The old players versus the new players. And they marketed for the new players, absolutely. Which is good. It's fine. Um, they should still try to market their players as much as possible. And they do. But I would definitely still say you're still not doing a great job marketing them if baseball is going backwards with its popularity and losing to football and basketball. I know the money's still there. You know, you still get the free agency like that. But um, I still will always say that's really the core of the game you have to change for those that say, like, oh, time's an issue. Oh, this is an issue. That's an issue. And that, if that's the case, then you really do need to change the core of the game, and I think that's not worth it. There's just too many fans out there that are just like, we don't really care about the Mike Trouts and the Fernandez Hotties, Juan Soto, Ronald Cunha, Max Scherzer of the world, Jacob DeGrom, that we don't care about them. We, we want a game that's like football or basketball. Well, baseball's not like that. So it's not worth going after them. And when it comes to the old players going after the new players, that's just a byproduct of marketing new players trying to get fans that you're probably not going to get anyway. So you're not going to appease everybody, I understand. And you're already going to hurt um, someone in the process if you're trying to appease everyone and you can't. So it's not worth it. It really is not worth it. Just at, don't just don't anger the current fans of baseball. 
the old school players, the players of now, and the diehard fans by changing a lot to the game. Don't change a lot to a game. Keep the game like it is and try to change within the game. Right? Don't make up all these new rules and policies. Okay. Also, for like basically the last thing, and this accumulates to one big thing. But yeah, the Astros were left off the hook, right? And I get it. Cheating is is big in baseball. You have the steroids. Um, sign stealing has always been a thing. And now, you know, the Astros, what they did was electronic. But the punishment of the Astros was unbelievable to me. You knew they were guilty. And all you really wanted them to do was admit they were guilty. And you didn't punish them for it. Like, you should have said, Manfred, you should have said that we know you're guilty. All right. If you admit to us that you're guilty, instead of getting a 100-game suspension or 162-game suspension, we knock it down. Right? Instead, they're like, we just want you to confirm. And if you do, we won't suspend you. Like, what is that? You had all the leverage, and you felt like as if they did. Why? That's That was big. And that's still big. You know? And they were let off the hook in two regards. One, the lack of punishment. And two, the fact that it was 2020, no fans were allowed. They couldn't really hear from fans in 2020. In 2021, they kind of like, you know, kind of forgot about it. So cheating is still going to be a big thing. And I feel like that's not going to go away anytime soon. And I know it's different than, than steroids. And they do punish those with steroids and they do so very well. But because of that scandal of the Astros and the handling of it, People hate Manfred. They hate Manfred, and they want him gone. That's not going to go away as long as he's the commissioner. And the fact that you had the negotiations that you did in 2020, and the fact that you have these CBA lock, uh, the CBA lockout right now, yeah, they 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 mostly put Manfred for at the forefront of that. And I do too. I really do. And it's so disappointing that you can't just change commissioners right away. Uh, I'm not sure what Bud Selig, um, God rest him in peace, but, um, but I definitely will say that Selig is a, be- a better commissioner than Manfred is. So that's it, um, the state of all of sports, as well as your semi-bi-weekly sports update. Um, hopefully uh, everyone enjoyed it, um, and I hope everyone is enjoying their New Year's. Um, you know, we're hoping for bigger and better things. Uh, we're still at, here on this podcast. We're still pretty new, um, and we're hoping that you can enjoy the, the new year with us and make it, make it a resolution to uh, to maybe apply yourself in different situations. Listen to some of those podcasts, and maybe you can become the best version of yourself that you can be. I have a lot of hope for everybody. So again, um, we are we are we are looking forward to the new year, and we're looking to do so with you. So again, uh, thank you for everyone for listening. Um, hopefully everyone is doing well, taking a break mentally, physically, emotionally, spending a lot of time with friends you haven't seen in a long time, family you haven't seen in a long time. And definitely, like I said, um, if, you, if, you, if anyone is still celebrating the holidays, um, however it may be, we're celebrating something that isn't usually recognized in this country or by many people then definitely i'll still say happy holidays but until then i'll see you every, i'll see everyone soon 
enjoy everything, enjoy yourself, and until then, I'll see, I'll see you all soon. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at High Voltage with Double A.